0: My name is Gary Watkins. I'm the group CEO, and I'll be doing a little discussion today around um, retirement and investments. I'm also going to be joined by our head of our investment committee, uh, Gary Bartlett. who will also be sharing a little bit about our markets locally and, again, uh, internationally. So hopefully you'll get some insight from today's discussion. Um, after the presentation, we will open the, the chat up for guys. If you guys want to send personal messages on the chat, or if you would like to to speak on the forum, you're most welcome to do so. So if you want to grab a pen and paper and make some notes down on some questions, you're most welcome to. Um, I just want to quickly get onto my presentation. I'll be two seconds, and then we can get up and running. all right so just to quickly introduce us as a group a lot of people think that quattro is one individual company um where in fact we are eight financial services companies all under one umbrella um i'd like just to introduce the financial services companies to you very briefly starting off with our accounting and legal firm so anyone who needs tax accounting, bookkeeping, legal, secretarial, commercial, um, type law, um, or any financial advice in 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 accounting, business intelligence, and the likes, Quattro Finance and Legal are are there to assist. Another one of our divisions is called Quattro Sure. It's a short term insurance company. So here we look after people's assets: your car, your home, business, those types of things. We have licences with. All the major insurers. So, if you'd like to look at more competitive rates and potentially better cover, QuattroSure definitely would love your support. QuattroMed is our medical aid division. Here we assist people both with their personal as well as business medical requirements. Um, so, if you've got a staff complement and you want to do a medical aid benefit, um, we can assist you with that. We help individuals choose the appropriate plan to suit these specific family requirements based on their health care needs. We also do gap cover where um, the medical aid would pay a certain amount of the procedure that's done in hospital, but the specialists may have charged more. This gap cover product covers the difference between the two. Quattro Wills and Estates is our estates division. Here we do wills for our clients just to make sure that the will is actually consistent with your personal plan that you have and to make sure that the wall is actually set up properly and that it's valid and that the people who need to get the benefits actually get them at the end of the day. And we also do a state liquidity analysis to make sure that there's enough money on death to make sure all debts and taxes and stuff are settled. Quattro Life is our planning division. In Quattro Life, we call ourselves architects of financial plans. So we design a financial plan for an individual whether it be on their death, disability, retirement, savings, education, whatever the person needs. We also do planning for business owners. We specialize in the small to medium-sized business space. We love working with entrepreneurs. Um, Us at Quattro are very entrepreneurial in spirit, and we encourage entrepreneurship in South Africa, and we assist entrepreneurs in making their business plans um, run through. Quattro Investment Brokers is our division that looks after pension and provident funds. So we sell and administer and do all the claims for pension and provident funds, as well as look at all the investments that are done within those funds. Quattro Fund Managers holds a discretionary license, which allows us to invest money on behalf of clients. Um, We run four risk-profile unit trust funds, which Gary will speak on towards the end of the presentation. Um, but it's really designed for people who want an actively managed investment solution, something that is looked at every single day of your life. This is actively managed. Foundation Fund Managers is another one of our investment divisions. Foundation Fund Managers does stockbroking for our clients, so that whether it be locally in South Africa or whether you would like to invest in shares overseas, that could be anything from Microsoft to Apple, right the way through to Sassel Shares in South Africa. We we have a very, very robust uh, investment platform. Um, We have all the fund managers literally in the marketplace that we're able to assist clients with. So we can really give you a well-diversified, tailor-made investment solution as a group offering. I'd like to just emphasize that when you're dealing with Quattro, many people think that they've got this one individual who looks after them, and that's actually not the case. You may have an advisor who assists you with Quattro's um, uh, services, but we have specialists in each one of our divisions that handles a specific area of expertise. So if you're needing medical aid, you're dealing with a medical specialist. When you're looking at stockbroking, you're dealing with someone who specializes in stockbroking. We don't do this jack-of-all-trades master of none philosophy. So you have eight specialist companies that all assist our clients, and each company has got their own staff, their own licenses, their own product lines to make sure that you have a very, very comprehensive plan with experted eyes always on your plan to make sure that you every I is dotted and every T is crossed. All right, so a lot of people have been asking the question, what happened to 2020? Um, We're going to be going through some of the slides now around where we are, a little bit about investments, how they work, inflation, what to look out for, how to plan for retirement, and then Gary will be sharing a bit of where we are in 2020 and what's happening locally and globally.
1: This is Steve. Steve doesn't know it. But he is South Africa's worst market timer. In 1970, he started working at the age of 20 and did all he could to save his money 1,900 rand. It took him four years to finally build up the courage to invest this money in the market, specifically the JSE All Share Index. Little did he know, he was doing it at the peak of the market right before a crash, which saw him lose 40% of his investment. The same thing happened to him four more times. In 1980, he put in 5000 Rand and lost 38% in short order. 1987 saw him lose 40% of his 12,000 Rand investment to Black Monday. In 1998, he invested 62,000 Rand as the tech bubble popped. And in 2007, he lost another 40% to the global crisis as he tried to take one last stab at the markets before retirement. But this is where Steve was smart. He never sold out to the market once, not once. So how did he do? Well, even though he bought in at the worst possible time, Steve still ended up as a millionaire with 4.2 million Rand beating South African inflation over this period by over 4% per annum. So what did he do right? Two simple things. He was a committed saver and increased the amount he saved over time. And he allowed his investments to compound through the decades by never selling out. The moral of the story, stay invested. Obviously you should do so with a tailored investment portfolio that meets your specific goals and needs. We do just that. We manage a range of investment portfolios that cater for a broad spectrum of financial needs. All you need to do is take a cue from Steve and stay
0: invested. All right, guys. So I think just the moral of the video there is is just there's a lot of panic at at the moment. A lot of people are worrying about their investments. And the message really is is that market conditions do go up and market conditions do go down. Um, In order to achieve real growth, we need opportunities like we have got today where the markets have plummeted. And it's such an awesome investment opportunity to now get in and buy shares at ridiculously cheap prices. So these peaks and troughs will happen throughout our lives, and one of the hardest things to do as an investor, but so important to do, is to take emotion out of it and understand what your long-term strategy is and stay invested. All right, so what we're going to be discussing today is just a couple of topics, why we need to plan, how we start planning, the products that we use, inflation, and all the other little bits and pieces. So the first one is why we need to plan for retirement. I think what's crucial is, is that everybody understands that there's going to come a time in their life where they are not going to be able to work anymore. And they're going to rely on whatever savings they've made provisions for. Now, a lot of people that we speak to say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to work um, until I die. The problem is, is your health changes throughout your life. And there's a strong probability that you might end up retired and unable to work and produce an income to supplement your shortfall. So when we talk retirement, I would like you just to bear in mind the concept of retirement in our minds is the ability to stop working and rely on your savings, whatever age that might be for you. But what is the core of retirement? What is the essence of what we're trying to do? Make provision for when you're old and gray, that you can survive a lifestyle that you feel you'd be accustomed to or or, um, would appreciate living. There are so many people in South Africa in particular who have undersaved. South Africa has been a traditional spending um, uh, population. Every cent we've got, we buy the fanciest car, the best house, the nicest clothing, eat out at all the restaurants, and we forget about what's coming down the line. So we've got to make sure that when you get to retirement age, you have enough money to at least survive. Now, another big flaw that people have is that they think that when they get to retirement, they're not going to have any expenses. Understand, you hopefully will be bond-free by the time you retire. But your home still requires maintenance. You've still got to pay lights and water, rates and taxes. You've still got to potentially have a gardener or a maid, security, um, levies. Those types of things. So, even though you're potentially debt free, you may not be expense free. So, if you earn, for example, 50,000 Rand a month currently and you're spending 50,000 Rand a month on your lifestyle, but you're servicing a bond, when you retire, you may find the bond payment leave, but all the other expenses might be very, very similar to what you're living at the moment. So, be realistic about your retirement objectives. Our fault is this. We all aspire to do the best in our day-to-day lives, but we always wait um, and forget about tomorrow until it's too late. And you'll see during this presentation how the cost of delay is so massive. The sooner you start your plan, the better. Let's talk a bit about inflation. So inflation, for those of you who don't know, is really the expense of living. It's the lifestyle that you live, and the expense of living increasing over time. So if we look at a person in 1970, if they earned five or 10,000 Rand a month in 1970, if they were still earning the same 5,000 Rand a month now, they wouldn't be able to live the same lifestyle. Bacon and eggs, bread and milk, lights and water, school fees, medical, everything keeps going up every year. And we need to be able to afford to live a lifestyle like we enjoyed last year, next year as well. So this is an example of a million rand that gets invested. And please bear in mind, these are just examples. Don't take these numbers for for real. But let's assume that this individual invested a million rand and they got a 12% growth. In other words, their money grew by 12% that year. They want to draw salary off of this million rand. But every year they want to increase that salary to cover the cost of inflation. If inflation is used at 7%, now I know governments say it's 4.5 or 4 or 5, depending on the year. That inflation rate is for someone who doesn't live in a nice built-up suburban area with private schooling and woolies and all the other bits and pieces. The inflation rate that a lot of people live in is 11% for medical or 10% for medical increases. 20%, 30% 20%, 30% sometimes a year on your increase on your medical, I mean, on your utilities, your lights and water and stuff. So we need to be very mindful of the inflation rate that you live in. So let's use 7% as this example. We take 7% off of the 12 and we bank it for the following year. That leaves you with 5%. We then have to invest this money. The fund manager you invest with charges you, let's say, half a percent a year. That gives you 4.5%. You're now left with 45,000 Rand per annum, which gives you 3,750 Rand per month. Now, guys, this means you can draw 3,750 Rand a month, every month, increasing every year at 7% and covering the cost of the investment without eroding your capital. If you want to draw more money, you can. But now you'll start to draw your capital. And the argument that people say is, this rubbish. On on a million bucks, I can get 8,000 rand a month. You can get 10,000 a month. I can get 20,000 a month. You can get 500,000 rand a month of a million, but only for two months. So erosion of capital is something that most people cannot afford unless you know the exact day you are going to die. And unfortunately, In today's environment, no one knows how long we're going to live for. In fact, science and medical um, uh, uh, and and technology and stuff has has changed the the world so much that longevity has become one of the biggest problems we have today. Scientists and stuff already say that the first person that will live to 150 has already been born. Bearing in mind there are people regularly that have lived to 120-odd. So... 150 is not a far reach, but imagine retiring at 65 and dying at 150. You've got to make provision for 85 years worth of savings. So this is a massive problem that people don't understand, and we need to be very mindful of it. This is how inflation has eroded our buying power over time. So we take a thousand rand in 1970, we bought a brand new VW Beetle. In 1980, we got a motorbike. In 1990, a bicycle. And then all the way through to 2020, where we've got a pair of running socks, compression socks. So you can see over those years, a 1,000 rand, you went from driving to work, to riding to work, to running to work, to not even having a pair of shoes, just a pair of socks. Another one um, is a personal one. This is from a friend of mine, Angela Monroe. Um, Her mum pulled this out of the drawer the other day. This was our school fees in nineteen eighty when we went to Benjamin Pine's school. You can see there it was twelve Rand for the school fees in nineteen eighty. Then there was a school levy of ten Rand. I mean, it's 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 an absolute joke how how costs have changed for education. So when it comes to retirement planning, the things to be mindful of is, is that South Africans again, being this entrepreneurial culture that we have. We're always looking for the next best thing. When you're at the bra on the weekend, hey, we pray for the next bride to come. But when you're at the bra on the weekend, to talk around your, your second property in Malta, your share portfolio offshore and all these things. They sound wonderful. They sound sexy. They're great. But the problem is, is that if hard times come, take our current pandemic at the moment where people are losing their jobs, losing their incomes, and um, um, closing businesses, this is when things like share portfolios, properties, all the the wealth accumulation stuff that people have done over their lives becomes at risk. Creditors now come after you, they repossess your house, repossess your properties, repossess your share portfolio, or you 've got to disinvest these retirement plans because you need to survive, you need to live all of a sudden. your retirement plan's gone for a ball of chalk. So we need to be very mindful that when you go to the briar and you want to talk the sexy stuff, that you're talking the sexy stuff, but you've got a safety net done first. So we break your retirement plan up into two components. One is your want-to-have plan, and then the other is your have-to-have plan. So the have-to-have plan is I need a car. I need petrol. I need insurance on my car. I need a house. I need lights, water, rates, and taxes. I need food. I need a medical aid. I would prefer to have a second car for my wife because we don't want to do everything together all the time and sharing a car is not lacquer. So there are some times where I want to go and have a game of golf and she wants to go and spend some time with her mates. We need some money to spend. When you retire, you don't wake up in the morning and everything's for free. You can't even go window shopping anymore for free because you have to go window shopping at a shopping center and you've got to pay for parking. So you need some money to do stuff with. So cater for that. That must form your have to have plan. Your want to have plan is aspirational. That is overseas holidays. That is additional income to for all the spoils. So you might say I earn fifty thousand a month. When I retire, I have to have thirty five thousand of the fifty. But I really would love to have sixty thousand a month as an income. The thirty-five thousand would form your have-to-have plan. Another twenty-five would be your want-to-have plan. Now, in your have-to-have plan, you have to invest into all the ugly things that you don't like talking about at the bar. That is things like retirement annuities, pension fund, provident fund. The reason for this is is that they are the most cost-effective way for you to save for retirement. If I need to save 10,000 Rand a month and I save it in a retirement annuity or a pension fund or a provident fund, the receiver of revenue gives me a tax break. They give me tax relief, a tax deduction on that contribution. So, to give you an example, if my tax rate was 40% and I saved 10,000 Rand in my retirement annuity, the receiver of revenue would charge me 4,000 Rand less. Tax every month. So I'm actually getting back 4,000 Rand of my tax because I saved 10,000 Rand in a retirement product. Now, it doesn't take rocket science that if there is a 40% guaranteed return on my money the day I save it, there is nowhere in the markets that guarantees you 40% of your money back on day one. The result of it is very simple. I've saved 10,000 Rand. SARS has given me back 4,000 Rand. So the net result is it's cost me 6,000 Rand to save 10. That's wonderful. I've got 10,000 Rand invested. Now that's going to grow and get compound interest. What's even better is the growth on it, the interest, the capital gains taxes, all the things that you have. All those taxes fall away completely. In a retirement product, your growth is tax-free. There's no capital gains tax. There's no dividends withholding taxes. There's no tax on your interest or your income. Nothing. Tax-free growth. We ordinarily, if you invested somewhere else, your growth would be taxable. So not only have I got this 40% tax deduction up front, I've got the whole 10000 invested that's only cost me six, and that's getting tax-free growth for the rest of my life. You cannot beat a retirement product. Then once that's stable and you've got your 35,000 rands worth of income um, uh, um, earmarked and you're saving for it on your retirement products, now you can start doing some sexy stuff. Now you can pay your bond off earlier. Now you can start buying a second property and doing a share portfolio. But never, ever, ever do the sexy stuff until you've got your safety net. And then the last reason why is because in your retirement products, they are protected by law from creditors. I could owe you 10 million rand and have 5 million rand in my pension. You can't touch the money. You can take my home, my car, whatever, my granny, my goldfish. You can repossess everything from me, but you can't touch my pension. And there's a reason for that is that the pension is there as your nest egg it's your safety net it's the thing that you have to emerge from in crisis you can't touch it it's there for when you're old and gray and you can't earn yourself an income anymore here's an impact of inflation um, graph to have a look at so here's a 35 year old who wants equivalents of 20,000 rand a month in today's money but he wants it when he turns 65 So we're planning for him for retirement, but he wants to have a lifestyle that would give him 20,000 Rand a month equivalent when he turns 65. If he retires at 65, which is 30 years, he would need 152,000 Rand per month in order to buy him 20,000 Rand's worth of goods if inflation is at 7% every year. At 69, he would need nearly 400,000 Rand. And so it carries on. So when you sit down and you're looking at your savings and you think, oh, saving ten thousand rand, it's such a lot of money, it's not. That ten thousand rand could be going towards writing you out a check for a hundred and fifty-two thousand rand a month every month, increasing every year at seven percent until you die. Here's an example of retirement early and retirement late. This is The the method around starting your savings early. We've got a a guy that saves for 10 years on the left hand column. Contribution from 20 to 30. He saves for 10 years. He saves 1,200 Rand a month and he's 20 years old. When he turns 30, he stops. Doesn't save another cent. When he gets to retirement age, he's got about 500,000 Rand. He saved for 10 years and that was it. He's got about 500,000. If you take the second scenario on the right, Here we've got someone who saves for 25 years, and he has started late. He only started saving at 30, and he saved for 25 years until he was 55. He ends up with almost exactly the same money. Now, this guy, he saved 2,149 Rand a month, which is, at 30, the equivalent of what 2,100 Rand would have been worth when he was 20. So it's the same value. It's the equivalent of 1000 turnaround a month 10 years later. So this just shows you Warren Buffett's philosophy of the effect of compound interest. The earlier you start, your money's invested and it has got a longer term to generate growth and benefit from the compounding effect of interest over the term. So if you're a parent and you've got kids, Let them start early. It will cost them significantly less money the earlier they start. Here's an athlete. His name is Hussein Bolt, for those of you who don't recognize him. He is the world champion 100-meter sprinter. He now retired, but he is the fastest man, well, recorded fastest man on the earth in a 100-meter sprint. If I asked you whether he's a good athlete, your answer would be yes, absolutely. He's a phenomenal athlete. If we look at the next picture here, we've got Fluid. He also is an exceptional athlete. He's a comrades marathon winner. He does all sorts, long distance races. Phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. If you looked at Elliot and you said to me, is Elliot a good athlete? I would say absolutely categorically, the most phenomenal athlete for ultra distance running you'll ever find. However, if you put Eliwood into the 100-meter race, would he be a good athlete still? If you put Hussein Bolt into the Comrades Marathon or into an Ultra Marathon of any kind, would he still be a good athlete? The answer would be, yes, he would be a good athlete, but not in that race. They are designed to be able to be a good athletes in the race that they have trained to be in. But in an alternative race, they are absolutely useless. Now, when it comes to investments, the same philosophy rings true. There are a lot of people who compare their growth of their investments to their mate's growth of investment. Your mate says, hey, I've just made 18%. I went and I bought Sasol shares. Joke, joke. Sasol shares and I made 18%. Or I went and invested into the Alan Gray equity fund and I got 15% return. And you look at your fund and you're going, keep designing up the 5% growth. My, my advisor or my fund manager is useless. Why is one guy getting 15 and I'm only getting five? Well, you've got to look at each of these assets or asset managers in context and say, right, the Alan Gray equity fund as an example. What is it designed to do in terms of a race? Is it an investment that has got a long-term investment strategy or is it one that's got a short-term investment strategy? Because if they've got a long-term investment strategy, it means that they can afford to take more risk because they're in the market for a longer time. So in other words, when COVID-19 hits and the market drops, they're not as concerned because they know COVID-19 will eventually stop and the market will recover. And when it does, it's still fine because – their term is even further than what the COVID-19 pandemic was running for. They're looking at a five-year or a seven-year time horizon on the investment. Someone who's investing for retirement, who's 30 years of age, retiring at 65, has got 35 years of saving for retirement. They've got a long time horizon. They don't mind about COVID-19. The markets drop, doesn't matter. I'm not retiring today, I'm retiring in 30 years' time. Now, if you are retiring today, you're running a short race, okay? Your time is not on your side. Then your risks are very different. You can't take risk now. So if you look at Hussein Bolt running the Comrades Marathon, I mean, uh, running the 100-meter sprint, if his shoelace breaks, his race is over. He hasn't got time to fix his lace. If he misses half a second, the next guy will pip him to the post. Where if you look at Eduard, if his shoelace snaps, he can stop on the side of the road, he can chat to the spectators, eat half a burrito roll, drink a bit of beer, and try and get a shoelace that matches his one if he wants to, because he's still got eight hours or six hours or whatever it is to catch up and make up that time that's lost. So just remember this in your philosophy. When you're investing, how long are you investing for? And look at the investment portfolio that you're investing in to see if it's suited to that time horizon. Don't take short-term investment solutions on long-term strategies and vice versa. They need to be married together. And that's where a financial advisor adds so much value to your life because he can sit down and say to you, what is your objective? What are you trying to achieve? Let's find a fund that is best suited to achieve that objective. Okay. So here's another little video. Have you ever
2: wondered what ancient Chinese seafaring merchants and the stock market have in common? We thought you'd never ask. In the third millennium BC, Chinese merchants laid the foundations for how most good investment companies approach the markets today. You see, most of the world's traders at that time would try and build ships that were the perfect balance between speed and strength. Speed made sure you got to sell your wares first, but strength made sure you got to sell them at all. Then they'd strap down their precious cargo and head out to face all of the dangers that the weather and the ocean could throw at them. They relied on their seafaring knowledge, navigational skills, ability to adapt, or even just pure luck to get them to their destination. Sadly, sometimes, it just wasn't enough. If a ship sank, it would sink the merchants, financially, too. The Chinese merchants had a different approach. Understanding that they faced the same oceans with the same risks that the rest of the world did, they minimized their risk by dividing their cargo amongst themselves. This way, if one of their ships sank, they never lost all of their cargo. They had minimized their risk by not putting all their cargo in one ship. This is the same for investments, too. One of the most important considerations when constructing an investment portfolio is how much return investors could expect for the extent of risk they are willing to take. Let's say that an investor has identified 30 stocks with a similar expected return. Research has shown that although the return on the stocks may be similar, the volatility or risk of a 30 stock portfolio would be far lower than a portfolio of only one investment. In fact, in many cases, the 30-stock portfolio would be less volatile than even the least volatile share invested in. That's why diversifying across local and offshore asset classes such as equities, bonds, property and cash is as important. So while many people believe that investing can be risky, it doesn't have to be. With this in mind, we construct well-diversified investment portfolios that aim to deliver optimal returns for the overall risk of the portfolio. And even though there might still be some volatility, diversification significantly reduces your risk of losing your well-earned savings, which makes for a much smoother investment journey. This means that although you won't find your thrills in the stock market, you can find them somewhere else once you've reached your investment goals. So be a Chinese seafaring merchant and stay invested in a well-diversified portfolio.
0: So just getting onto that uh, risk profiling, I think one of the crucial things is when you're looking at your investment mandates, the term of your time horizon, choosing the appropriate fund to suit your need is illustrated on these graphs. So here's an example here of if I can get it going a chap who invested for 35 years, 1,500 rand per month, and because the uh, investment review that they did, the risk profile they did for this guy was conservative, they stuck him into a conservative fund. So they went and chose something that didn't have a high growth prospect but had very limited risk. This plant was quite happy with his limited risk. The problem is, though, is that the time horizon for the investment was far longer. We're talking 30 years until retirement age. And if you took that 1,500 Rand a month and you increase that contribution every year by 10% and you get a growth of 10% a year, this guy will earn the equivalent of 3,600 Rand per month as a salary when he's retired. Now, if someone had just sat with this guy a bit longer and told him, listen, your time horizon of 30 years allows you to take more risk. Why not be a little bit more aggressive in the approach and take a cautious view instead of a conservative view and allow this guy the opportunity to get a 10% growth? And guys, please, these numbers are just illustrations, just to give you an idea. He would have earned 6,400 Rand a month as a salary every month for the same 1,500 Rand that he had saved over the period. So no extra cost. All we did was take a more aggressive approach towards the investment. If he took a more aggressive approach and got 12%, he would have earned 8,800 Rand a month. And if you went to the more aggressive side, he could have earned 14,800 Rand. Now, the point I'm driving here is, is that you could be this person where you're saving at the moment for your objective, whatever it might be. And because it's coming off on a debit order, you just assume that it's right but you're not reviewing your growth and you haven't actually looked at the mandates of the fund manager that you've invested in, the athlete that's running the race. Are you running the Comrades Marathon but backing Usain Bolt to win? Because if you are, you're going to lose. We need Elliot to run the Comrades Marathon. That's his race. That is the moderately aggressive race. That is the 15% growth. That is the 14,800 Rand a month salary that you could achieve. So please review your portfolios and make sure you've got the right mandate for your objective. This is one of the the runs that's happened in the in the market at the moment. We we're talking about it uh, yesterday in the investment committee meeting. So here's a guy who's invested two million rand, and 50% of his his growth or his assets, I should say, are invested in the little blue block, which is equity, that shares on the stock market. Now let's assume that the equity market has a phenomenal run. And again, this is an illustration. Let's pretend he gets 50% growth on this investment, but only in the equity space. His graph will go to something like this. Okay, His money invested on the first one was 2 million rand, and 50% of it was the blue mark, which meant that there was a million rand. That million has now grown to one and a half million. His total investment has now gone to two and a half million. He did nothing. All he did was invest the two million Rand and sit and watch the markets. But because of the market growth, it took him to an aggressive investment portfolio because this composition now is 75% exposed to the high risk market, which is equities. So in the orange, you can see. He is now aggressive. Before, he was moderate. There was a medium risk. So he became an aggressive investor just because the market grew. Now, as an aggressive investor, he's exposed to more risk than what he would be prepared to take. Now COVID-19 hits and the market regains. It's 50%. The problem is it's now 50% of a 2.5 million rand investment, not a, not not 2 million, and it's a recession for the equity space, correcting itself down by 50%. It's now 50% of 1.5 million rands worth of equity. His graph now looks like that. So the correction has now made him a cautious investor because that composition of 37% in equities is a cautious investment strategy. He didn't do anything again. The market changed him from a moderate investor to an aggressive investor, now to a cautious investor. And now he's lost more than what he gained. So the message here is protection of downside risk is one of the most important things that people forget. They're always thinking about getting growth. They're not worrying about mitigating downside risk. And they don't watch the rebalancing of their portfolios. Now, when the market recovers for this guy, because he is a cautious investor, remember, low risk, low return. When the market recovers, he will not have the opportunity of gaining the money he lost because he is now cautious. Again, no fault of his own, just because of the market conditions. So rebalancing a portfolio is something that we do as Quattro. When you are a moderate investor and the market grows by 50%, we rebalance you back to a moderate investor. We bank your profits. We make sure you go back to 50% in equity. So we take the profit that you've got and we redistribute it between property, bonds, and cash to make sure that you are still a moderate investor. If the markets, if you were invested as an aggressive investor, the same would apply. If markets crash, we rebalance. If markets grow, we rebalance. But we're constantly rebalancing to make sure that you are able to achieve your objective and that your mandate is always being met. So the last slide of today's presentation is just around when did you start planning for retirement? If you are sitting as a thirty year old, you've got four hundred and twenty paydays left until you reach 65. If you're 35, you've got 360 deposits that you can make into your piggy bank before you go on pension. If you're 40, you've got 300 opportunities. Remember, you're only saving once a month. Every month a debit order goes off, you save. Only once a month. You didn't save yesterday. You're not saving today and you're not going to save tomorrow. You're only going to save at the end of the month 12 times a year. If you're 50, you've got 180 opportunities to fix your plan. So, guys, the message today is very simple. Stay invested. If you are invested, don't panic. Panic, you will realize your losses. Stay invested. The next thing is review your investments. Make sure your investments are aligned with your strategy. Make sure your investment portfolios are suited to the race that you're running. Are you investing for one year, five years, 25 years? We need to choose the right athlete for your race. We've got to choose the right fund for your race. And start as fast as you can. Don't think, oh, it's too late, I can't do anything. If you can start something today, you start today. Guys, I'd like to thank you very much for listening. If you would like to contact us, please visit us at www.qfg.co.za or you can complete your details below and we'll get hold of you. Our telephone number is 031 24 100.